So, how does it feel when you play Roll Up to Win with Tim Hortons? Buy a hot or cold beverage using the Tim's app and find out. Roll in the app for a chance to win prizes ranging from free coffee and donuts to a Universal Orlando resort vacation or a sweet car. Oh, don't forget the TV. And this year, every roll is a shot at a $1,000 daily giveaway drawing for two $500 prizes. Roll up to win and get treated by Tim's. No purchase necessary. Account registration required. 50 U.S. and D.C. 18 plus entered by 4223. See rules at rolluptowin.com for free entry of full details. Void in Florida and where prohibited. Hello and welcome to Let's Talk About It. This is Taylor, your host, and welcome to the show. I'm really excited again today. This is one of the things I love about having a podcast is that I can kind of share with y'all some of my internet friends. And I think especially throughout 2020, I really increased the amount of internet friends that I had. And I feel so incredibly like blessed and grateful to have met just these beautiful, wonderful souls, these women of color who are just unapologetically themselves, these women who are really making their own paths. And I just feel so excited to share them with y'all. So today so special. Today we have Cami with us and Cami is a writer, hand lettering artist and illustrator. She lives in Northern California. She's the owner and artist behind Zaya Inc. Uh, her designs often revolve around messages of social justice, mental health and my favorite feelings. That's right. Cami's artwork has so much to do with feelings and I relate to all of it. Everything she posts, I'm just like, oh, wait, oh, I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. <laughs> so if you are looking for, you know, great pages, great creators and curators to follow on Instagram, I highly recommend following Cami at Zaya Inc. It is all fantastic. Everything makes me feel less alone. I feel so seen. It is relatable and just really warms my heart a lot of the time. So I'm so, so thrilled to share her work with y'all and to get into a little bit of deeper conversation with her today. So let's get into it, y'all. Let's talk about it. All right. So welcome to the show, Cami. I'm so excited to have you here. Thanks so much for having me. So excited yeah. to be here. Yes. I feel like there are so many places that we will go in this episode probably. Um, but first, I would love to share a little bit about kind of how we connected um, because I feel like I had been following your work for a while. I feel mm-hmm. like I'd been following you um, and then like seeing your work in other places. And I think this actually might be the first time that I'm having an artist on, I guess everyone's kind of like an artist in their own way, but like <laughs> there's someone that like does what you do. I don't think I've ever had anyone in your position on the podcast before. Oh, what a privilege. Yeah. <laughs> That's so it's, exciting. <laughs> yeah. Um, so maybe we could just start a little bit of you just kind of sharing like the work that you do, and then we can kind of get into that a little bit more and like the way that your identity shows up and all of that as well, I would love to get into. But um, when I talk about art, when I talk about your work, yeah, that you do, how would you describe it? Yeah, so it's classified as hand lettering. Um, I feel like it's kind of a mix of like, writing that that I kind of portray through hand lettering, which is just like handwritten kind of font style mm-hmm. writing. And it's mostly like quote based just to keep it, um, you know, social media friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do my best to pack uh, a lot of important topics into, into that medium because yeah. that's what I'm about. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I feel like you do such a good job of that where like it's so succinct and concise, but there's so much in it. And that's mm-hmm. something I super struggle with. So like when I see you post things, I'm just like, oh yeah, she really hit it on the head there. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a compliment because I feel like when I talk in conversation, I am the least concise person ever. <laughs> so it's like the one area of my life that I can just condense it down into a little one yeah. sentence thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'm wondering kind of how you feel about that because, you know, in the words that you choose, 
there's a lot of conversation that can be had around that, right? There's a lot mm-hmm. of value in that. And I'm wondering how you feel about, you know, what you said of making it social media digestible. There's definitely a lot of push and pull internally with that concept because, mm-hmm. um, you know, right now social media is the tool that I have. So yeah. I want to do something good with it. And part of that is understanding kind of how the beast operates, if you will. Um, but then there's definitely a piece of me that feels like, ah, oh, screw that. I don't want to be easily digestible. This is a huge yeah. conversation. This is layered. This is nuanced. This is generations of conversations, you know? And um, yeah, I just, I struggle with always needing to keep it simple. And sometimes I just kind of go off the rails and it's like a sixth grade post and it's just full of like tiny writing because, Mm -hmm. you know, there's just a time and place for everything. And I think the beauty of running a page that isn't necessarily a business, even though Mm -hmm. I do this partially for a living, um, is that I can kind of make my own rules, but I do sit in a lot of tension over the idea of always having to find an easily communicated message Mm -hmm. that then is also cute. So it's appealing to look at. And then, you know, that's why I'm excited to do something like this, to have like more of a conversation about things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I struggle with that push and pull as well um, in different ways, obviously, Mm -hmm. because the, the medium and and how that shows up is a little bit different, but there is still that pressure of like, well, how do I make it cute? How do I make it, how do I package this in such a nice little bow so Mm -hmm. that it's, you know, digestible for folks. And a lot of that push of like, well, you know what? It shouldn't be easily digestible. Like you should have to sit with this a little bit. Yeah, like, uh, you know, racism isn't a conversation that can be summed up in a one sentence infographic online. Mm -hmm. It's just, there's so much more than that. And, you know, and honestly, the the other side of the piece of keeping it simple and kind of general is that I think it does oftentimes leave room to be a little bit misunderstood. Mm -hmm. Like I've had people not understand the tone of like what I'm saying in a certain way and, yeah, it's just, it's not perfect, but mm-hmm. you know, it's what we've got right now. So yeah. we're just trying to do what we can. Yeah, <laughs> do definitely. something good with it, with this yeah. weird platform. <laughs> yeah. And so much of, you know, your work on social media with the letter writing is often around, you know, mental health, social justice. Um, and I'm wondering if it was always, if that's always been the case for you. Mental health has definitely always been like a thread that's just kind of woven through Mm -hmm. a lot of conversations just because it's been a really big part of my life since I was like five, even before Mm -hmm. I really understood what anxiety and like CPTSD Mm -hmm. like was, like that's what I was experiencing and I didn't know. Um, Social justice in the sense of like advocating for like minority communities, um, you know, unfortunately is like a new conversation that I've brought online. Mm -hmm. I feel like before I would talk a lot about um, social justice in the form of like climate change, like caring for our planet. Like I just am a justice oriented person and I Mm -hmm. can like kind of get on kicks of like, I'm really fixated on climate change right now. Like I'm really, you know, and so I think, um, Sometimes I feel a little guilty whenever I go look back through my feed and I realize like, oh, I would briefly touch on things, but it wasn't as consistent as it is now, Um, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, it's just part of like growing and growth and just figuring out what you want to talk about anyway, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, but I think then before I kept trying to look around at what was working for people. Yeah. And now I'm just like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just have to say whatever actually matters to me. And if it works, that's great. And if it bombs, I don't care mm-hmm. because this is just important. Yeah. So 
Yeah. And I think before perhaps social justice or racial justice perhaps was not a topic that was engageable before 2020. And now the demand or the engagement in that area is much higher. Mm -hmm. Um, And therefore then the conversation becomes that much more present. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, All right. I want to take a short break right here because not only do we have a very exciting new sponsor of the podcast, but I feel like this is important because it's something that I struggle with personally on a daily basis these days with the house renovation is that there, first of all, food is so important to me, right? Making sure my body is nourished, making sure that I'm eating foods that are whole, that are organic, and that actually nourish my body is super important to me. Like for health all over, right? From my skin health, to my gut health, to my mental health, to my sexual health, spiritual health, all of the things, right? Feeling your best really, in my opinion, starts with what you eat. Um, and with everything happening with the house renovation, it's been really difficult for me to actually be enjoying healthy organic meals that I want to be eating because I feel like I have to be everywhere all the time. So I'm super excited to share with y'all Sakara, who is a nutrition company that focuses on overall wellness, starting with what you eat. And they have ready to eat meals that are made with powerful plant-based ingredients. I had the, like, it's like a, I felt so fancy, y'all. I was like, oh yeah, I was not going to sit down and make this myself, but I will sure eat it. Um, it was like a, a truffle oil mushroom with like spinach, pasta, and the pasta was like a lentil pasta, which is my favorite. It's like definitely something that I would already want to make for myself. Just I didn't have to make it for myself. I just had to heat it up. Um, but literally the package came and I was like, holy crap. Like I'm literally set for the entire week with chef crafted breakfasts, lunches, dinners is literally all there. And they deliver it fresh to your door anywhere in the US. So literally I was like, okay, am I supposed to freeze this? You know, do I refrigerate it? It literally on the package says made, packaged, the day that it was delivered, (laughs) the day that it was delivered. So, I mean, along with delicious plant-rich meals, Saqqara also offers daily wellness essentials like supplements and different herbal teas, all to help support your nutrition and definitely encourage y'all to check them out because it's really helping nourish and fuel me. And I really need that these days. So right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash Taylor and enter the code Taylor at checkout. That's Sakara S-A-K-A-R-A.com slash Taylor and get 20% off your first order. Again, that's sakara.com slash Taylor. Be sure to check it out. Food is not the place that you want to be, you know, slacking in in your life. You need that to nourish your body. Your body's working so hard for you. Do everything you can to nourish your body, to care for it because you're worthy of it. You don't have to do anything to be worthy of it. Just exactly as you are right now, you got to nourish yourself and take care of your body in the best way that you can. Sakar has definitely helped, helped me a lot to make sure that I am feeding myself and doing so in a way that is nutritional, that is organic, that is whole, not processed. Um, so again, super excited to have them as a new sponsor of the podcast and really hope that y'all check them out. Again, that's sakar.com slash Taylor. And with all of that said, we can now get right back to the show. I'm wondering if you can kind of speak a little bit to like, even I, I heard you say, you know, feeling a little bit guilty of how that wasn't maybe more present then. And I also just want to like offer you some like grace in that because you've had to do your own identity work Mm -hmm. in that space, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Do you want to (laughs) get, do you want to talk about that? (laughs) Oh, why not? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's true. And I think, um, there's definitely so much truth and even just like safety in the fact that so many people are talking about this now, because Mm -hmm. I remember very clearly when, Michael Garner was murdered. Mm-hmm. And that was my first huge eye-opening thing. I mean, I grew up in the South. Mm-hmm. I grew up in like South Texas, right on the border of Louisiana, like very country, very yeah. like kind of hits all the stereotypes of what it's like to live in a small Southern town mm-hmm. um, where, you know, I saw very blatant racism my entire life. 
And it took me a really long time to realize that uh, I would be on the receiving end of a lot of these these thoughts and a lot of these, Mm -hmm. um, you know, preconceived notions about like groups of people and their worth in this world. Um, but I I remember speaking out on Facebook because I was, you know, Mm -hmm. what was bigger at the time when Michael Garner was murdered and, um, and Eric Eric Garner in 20, this is 2013 ish. Yeah. Yep. Eric Garner. Yeah. It was around the same time Um, Michael Brown and Eric Gardner were around the same oh, time. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, unfortunately, it's, yeah. There's a lot, a lot of people There's to keep track of. way too many names. It's mm-hmm. disturbing. Um, yeah. But anyway, that was my first um, online encounter yeah. with people that I loved who were close in my life mm-hmm. who were exposing their racism to me yeah. through my, like, upset and injustice, you know, fueled posting about this situation. And, um, it was just so shocking to me Mm -hmm. that I retreated quite a bit because I was like, Oh God, is everyone like this? (laughs) You know, are all these people that I love like this? And then, you know, that was a lot around the time too, whenever I started kind of understanding that I wasn't necessarily white either, mm-hmm. um, which is something you and I have talked about a lot where it is such a strange dynamic whenever you do have a white parent. And then like, you know, I have a, like, um, my mom is adopted. And so it's been interesting trying mm-hmm. to figure out exactly, but a lot of her um, ethnicity is like, she's like very much Native American. And then she also has a lot of like um, Mexican and like Spanish heritage. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's, yeah. Sifting through all of that, I think there's just no way that you can't come to a point where all of these injustices feel like people close to you. Mm-hmm. Like it brings some sort of connection, which it, it should for everyone, but I think especially people who it's like in your blood to care about it because there's injustice in your lineage and I think that that does like inform so much of the fuel to like fight for other Mm -hmm. communities who are being oppressed and who are experiencing like racism right in front of you yeah yeah so it's a lot to sift through for sure and I mean also having to sit with your own kind of like discovery of your racial identity is a whole, that's a whole process you've had to go through. Yeah. It honestly took someone telling me someone who was, was not white Mm -hmm. saying, wait, you know, you're not white. Right. And I was like, what are you talking about? I truly didn't get it because even though my mom is not my white parent and that's who I lived with and primarily Mm -hmm. spent all of my time around and she's like honestly even much darker than me like appears so much more um not white you know Mm -hmm. than me like I was raised in a community where everyone looked the same yeah and you find the little ways to fit in just enough to Mm -hmm. kind of push down things just not you straighten the hair you buy the same clothes you know I made sure not to go on the sun too much like Mm -hmm. there was this weird kind of pass that I got because yes I was you know brown but I didn't speak Spanish like the other kids in my class whose parents were from Mexico like uh, everyone was a little Native American was a weird thing that people said to me I'm yep. like, no, it's fine. We all are like a little Native American. And I was like, okay, <laughs> because, you know, I'm like 10 <laughs> and I don't realize what the fuck are you saying? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, no, we're really all not because actually like white men murdered most of them. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know, Jessica. I just don't believe that your great, 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 great grandma was Cherokee. I'm sorry. I don't believe you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Come on, Katie. I don't think it's true. Exactly. <laughs> like, like, 
<laughs> but then also being mad that my name wasn't Jessica. Yeah. Like, yep. Mom, why do I have this weird name? No one yeah. else has named this. My middle name starts with a Z for Christ's sakes. Like, why'd you do that to me? You know? <laughs> yeah. And, These things that we end up hating about ourselves because it's not what we're seeing mainstream everywhere absolutely. else or in yeah. the community that we're in when it's predominantly white. Yeah. And unpacking that realization of like, oh, right. They're like, I have been avoiding and honestly just like been ignoring so much of like my own self and like my actual body and like what Mm -hmm. it looks like, because I was truly just trying to fit in, which is just very human. Mm -hmm. And I think now it's such a beautiful thing to me. Like I feel so grateful to have something so rich, like Mm -hmm. inside of me and like a part of me. Um, But it has made taking a stand or like kind of opening the door and being like, Hey guys, I'm part of this too. Uh, Sometimes I feel a bit like a, like Mm -hmm. a, imposter for sure Mm -hmm. because I'm like I know I wasn't here my first like 25 years of life but I would really love to not be white so you know or like I mean yeah I am also white like Mm -hmm. and also that sucks because you can't like you know you can't separate yourself from that either yeah and all of what living as someone who just got all the benefits of being white too my entire Mm -hmm. life my proximity to whiteness and how that protected me in so many ways and Mm -hmm. um, yeah I think just there there is always that swirling inside of me Mm -hmm. like that those realities they never separate themselves and they never really go away and um, it's an interesting place to feel like you kind of have your feet in two camps Mm -hmm. you know um Mm -hmm. Because obviously it would be amazing to just be like, well, I'm not white at all, so I'm not the problem here, and I get to reject all of this bad stuff, and I'm just, you know, you fight for me kind of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. But then also when you don't grow up with any of the culture, I think it's extra confusing because Mm -hmm. my mom was adopted by a white family Mm -hmm. in 1969, whenever they... California didn't even want them to do that. They wanted her to go to like a Mexican family because they didn't want a white family to adopt a brown baby. Yeah. And so I don't have any of the memories or culture attached to Mm -hmm. this identity. And I've just been sort of forging my own way here. And um, Mm -hmm. it's really beautiful and I love it, but it's a bit lonely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's even just as you're saying this, you know, I'm like, I'm so glad that you're speaking this right now Mm -hmm. because I do think that you're right, that that does sound like a very lonely experience. And I'm sure that there's someone listening who can actually relate and is like, oh, this is is what I've been experiencing. This is what I felt. Um, And I think that the, the... that almost that imposter syndrome, right? Of like, well, I know I wasn't here then, but like I'm here now. Yeah. Like, I think you have to allow space for like self-compassion, for understanding that the reasons that you maybe weren't where you were at now is because you were dealing with your own internalized oppression. Um, And that I think is a very unique experience that a lot of, you know, multiracial mixed race people will experience. And, you know, I think I've struggled with some of that, you know, growing up with my white family as well of feeling like, I don't think I ever felt like, uh, you know, I just want to not be white because I don't think as much as I tried to make myself very close to being white, I don't think I was ever actually perceived as white. Um, but of just trying to figure out, well, how do I still exist in this space while also not hating my whiteness and how it's 
contributed to that internalized oppression. How do I, (laughs) yeah, yeah. How do I allow honorable space for my whiteness as I am my coloredness, my blackness? Mm -hmm. And one thing that um, Mixed in America, they're a fantastic community that I love and they've been on the podcast. Um, But where we talked about, you know, using that privilege that we have had of our proximity to whiteness to help break those cycles of oppression. And I think that can be one of the beautiful things where we're like, well, this is actually part of our superpower that we're not just this, but that we have the combination of both. And while it's a lot to navigate and it's very complex, you know, we have a different experience that we Mm -hmm. can bring to the table. And I think we can play a very unique role in advocacy and in change. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's definitely the the truth that I've taken away just from this experience and especially just all of the the different conversations that I've come up with in the last year Mm -hmm. of I feel like we get like a special privilege of its own um, that we get to kind of be a bridge for these two worlds and we get to represent two worlds. And I feel like that knowing that in me is, is so much of the, the fuel that just keeps me going and like makes me want to stay loud as mm-hmm. much as I can, whenever I can, because um, mm-hmm. it just is right. Mm-hmm. It's just the right thing to do. And I can feel that in me, yeah. you know? Yeah. Even when there's that voice that's like, well, you don't really get to like be there because mm-hmm. your ass wasn't about it. Like when that voice comes in, <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> like, no, no, you can sit in your wholeness. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, um, I think that's the, the nuanceness, maybe the complexity to kind of sift through is mm-hmm. reaching the wholeness piece. Yeah. Um, and it's really hard for other folks to actually accept that wholeness when you are those two different things. Yeah. I mean, especially, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, most of my life I've been in white spaces and to be honest, I'm still very much in white spaces. Mm -hmm. Like I am easily accepted into Mm -hmm. them because, you know, I'm like exotic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't really look uh, for sure certain things, which is so Mm -hmm. easy to just group me in. And, um, but then, you know, you're like, well, you're the only one in the room who maybe is having a different experience when big conversations are coming up. And, um, yeah, I just feel like if there's ever been a time to solidify your role Mm -hmm. in conversations of injustice and oppression, the last year is definitely it. Yeah. Yeah. How do you find you've seen that kind of impact the work that you do with your artistry? Uh, Well, for one, the people that I work with Mm -hmm. are in this world similarly. um, And I think that has been really helpful and incredible because I'm, as I'm, you know, getting to work for and with people, I'm also like taking in so much and seeing Mm -hmm. so many different experiences and, um, most of my clients are like black women or BIPOC mm-hmm. women. Mm-hmm. And it's just that part is really cool of the opportunities that it's opened up. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it just, one thing that I've learned is it's so, I'm a very empathetic person. I'm also mm-hmm. a very like socially uh, or like justice driven person. So it's really easy for me to just get all in on like every unfortunate thing that is happening in the world. Yes. Um, And so... Are you a cancer too? I forget. No, I'm a Libra. Libra. Okay. Balance. Yeah. Which I never have. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of extremes. I'm like, I thought I'm supposed to be this like scale and it's always just like this. (laughs) But it sounds like you're searching for the scale in your like justice work. Constantly. Um, So yeah, as far as justice work goes, it's like there have been 
so many things that I truly just did not have the capacity to comment on Mm -hmm. or things that I legitimately don't know what I'm talking about if I were to say something about this, you Mm -hmm. know, like um, the Israel-Palestine conflict, for example. Mm -hmm. I was like... I went all in. Which, okay, that's great. And here's here's the weird thing. It's like, I still wanted to say something because it's like, it's like... At the end of the day, mm-hmm. people should feel should have a sense of safety and they should have a sense of home. Yeah. That feels so simple to me. Like, is their conflict simple? No. But can I still find something to, well, simple in the sense that it's like so long. Like, it's not like this one thing just happened and then, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, don't, do- I don't want, like, don't come take people's land. Like, leave people alone. Like, don't. <laughs> on people's houses like you know but it's just like in the moment these topics feel so fucking daunting like yeah. you're like the the issue in front of me like some pieces of it are so simple and some mm-hmm. pieces of it are really confusing like mm-hmm. they're really complicated and it's generations of conflict and yeah. you know like it's so it's been hard to, to know that there is just no way I can, I'm not the news. Oh like, Lord. And, and just realizing mm-hmm. like, oh, I've been trying to be the news and I actually yes. don't want to be the news because mm-hmm. I want, I still need to find like ways to like tap into like reservoir of like care and energy mm-hmm. and capacity to like be able, I don't want to just slap something down and throw it up for the sake of being on the trend and being on the topic because you know what what I am trying to cultivate in myself with making art that is about big topics like social justice and oppression um is that like longevity is the goal Mm -hmm. that's the point the point is for me to be able to sustain this kind of work for as long as I'm doing this work, because that actually is what matters to me. Mm-hmm. But if I knee-jerk respond to every single thing that comes up, I'm going to burn out because one, I'm going to talk out of my ass and I don't know what I'm saying. I'm going to make a mess because I mm-hmm. don't know what I'm talking about. And two, I'm going to become so exhausted because I'm trying to carry all of these messages and all of this oppression whenever yeah. I still haven't unpacked the the horrible thing five things ago. Yeah. Yeah. Like what's, what's happening around us is just way too much. And I think the weird thing that has happened in the past year is like, everyone has woken up to this sort of responsibility, Mm -hmm. which is important as a crucial thing. We all have a role, but then it's like, we're asking the wrong people to hold all the responsibility. Yeah. Like we're asking influencers who like mm-hmm. normally just post like dresses and stuff yeah. to like comment on Gaza. Like, you know, yeah. they, yeah. like, or like, you, you know, like it's like, yeah. and, and, yeah. and even too, just this like false idea of like, well, I posted that infographic and so, or I made that thing. And so I did my job and yeah. it's like, well, if I'm making a post on something, throwing it up on Instagram and walking away, mm-hmm then I have done nothing. Yeah. Like yeah. it's, and and I am a pretty reactionary person. Mm-hmm. Like I know this about myself. And so it's been a really big lesson to be like, okay, if I want to keep doing this work, which I do, yeah, I have to let myself sit with things. I have to let myself feel these things. I have to, read about these things and listen about these things and not move on so quickly mm-hmm. from them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, I mean, that's the really hard part about doing justice work is that mm-hmm. there is literally injustice everywhere and then yes. almost everything. And mm-hmm. there's just too many things to talk about all yeah. the time. Yeah. And, you know, I think, like you're right we've been putting the responsibility on the wrong people and i know even looking back at my stuff from last year like 
I was so fucking pissed at white influencers. Mm-hmm. I was so, so fucking pissed of like, ugh. I was just so annoyed. I was so hurt. Mm-hmm. I felt so upset at like, first of all, how much easier they get access and monetization and platform mm-hmm. as being white, blonde influencers, moms, whatever. Yeah. Um, of feeling like resentment of that anyway, mm-hmm. because it just feels very unfair and frustrating. Um, and on top of that, of like, oh, now you give a shit? Well, where the fuck have you been? Like, mm-hmm. what? Um, where I did want to put all, I wanted to put a lot of responsibility on them. And I also had already had that responsibility on myself. Yeah. So I think I felt even more unfairly, like just pissed. I was just pissed. And it's like, yeah, it's not sustainable when you see all these things happening. And then you just take into account the last year, we've still been in a, fucking pandemic who would have ever thought in our lifetime we'd be in a goddamn pandemic right yeah. so it's like so like not gone anywhere yeah i have not been on a plane in over a year yeah <laughs> like a year and a half if now. i can get there by car like without yeah. having to stop much i'm like not going yeah yeah exactly yeah so you're navigating that safety that yeah. that safety which is so shaken up like not only in just mm-hmm. like the world around you because now it's like everyone's all germy and scary yeah but then it's like everyone's work got ruffled like you know mm-hmm. things like that and yeah, yeah and insurrection then- like there's just, there's just been too many things <laughs> god <There's just laughs> oh too many god. things all at once in the last year and i think social media heightened all of it and like you said it's not sustainable mm. and i think even my own you know I think I needed to be silent, not needed to be, but I think it took me being silenced in order to sit with the amount of pressure and responsibility I was putting on myself to be the news. Totally. Oh, yeah. A educational resource to people. Absolutely. When it was like, actually, all I want to be able to do maybe is just fucking talk about cats and plants. Like, can I just do that and still be worthy of being able to like monetize this platform? Like how... You know, and I think even to your point of like feeling reactionary and I think that is where like a lot of the, the real, like the raw shit is like Mm -hmm. you get that reactionary feeling because there's something your gut is like telling you something. And sometimes Mm -hmm. that's something being triggered. Sometimes that's just, you know, a truth that's coming up. And I think when it comes to things that we're told are so are so complex and are so um, are so much more difficult and we have to be super educated about them to have an understanding on them. I think sometimes that's a tool. That's a tool so that the folks that are in power can continue to be in power. You know, mm-hmm. I think yeah. back when slavery was legal, legal, slavery was legal, um, that there were probably a lot of folks who would still have argued, you know, around how, well, you know, this is a really complex thing. You know, we can't just like, you know, you can't just say free the slaves, you know, because there's just, there's a lot of history here that people just don't know. Like, I think there's a lot of things that oftentimes people in positions of power can say to make it seem like, your everyday person can't understand it when really it just comes down to human rights, people having yep. access to safe exactly. clean water, people having shelter exactly. and having the ability to leave freely and go places and live their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that it just comes to like human rights issues. Absolutely. Really. And yeah, that's like a lot of emotional, it takes a lot of heart to do like human rights justice type of work to where you do have to kind of check in with yourself and, you know, remind yourself you're not a fucking news outlet. You are an individual woman (laughs) who is like trying, I had to remind myself that like, I'm not a fucking corporation. I'm a single woman. It's you and I run a business <laughs> at 27, now 28 years old, you know, yeah. perspective. Yeah. 
yeah, I'm like, I don't, yeah, what, what do I really think my, it's this weird balance of like knowing and believing and living as if like my one life really can make a difference. It can make an impact. Like I believe that to my core, Mm -hmm. that like what I do here with my time matters. And then uh, on the same note, being like, I'm only one person, like what I do matters and I have to keep living like it. But I, like, I literally told my therapist or my therapist had to like, kind of check me and be like, okay, so your heart and like your mind are like totally in the right place. Like Mm -hmm. the way you live your life is totally important, but like, you have to have a realistic expectation of what that looks like, because Mm -hmm. like, I'm trying to be like AOC. Mm-hmm. She's like, okay, but like, you don't have any actual power. Like, yeah. You're, you're yeah. not in a position to, to make any changes. Like, ah. you know, and in a way of like, that doesn't let you off the hook, mm-hmm. but it is, it's just that realistic expectation of like, what can I do yeah. with my life? And then where do I have to like remove all this pressure because mm-hmm. I'm not an educator. Yeah. Like I'm not like, I don't have any training in educating people on anything. I didn't finish college. Like, you know, like I'm like, I'm just a, I am just a woman at home with her Corey and an iPad. And I'm just like carrying a lot. And that's literally it. Like, yeah, I'm just like upset that people aren't taken care of. Mm -hmm. That's as much as I know. And that's literally my like foundation, my like jumping point for like everything. Yeah. It's yeah. like, this feels wrong. People deserve better than this. Mm-hmm. So. It's that simple. It really is. And that's the thing that bothers me is I'm like, like what you were saying is you're like, it actually, like with the whole, I know I mentioned earlier, Israel-Palestine conflict too complicated mm-hmm. or whatever. Then the more I thought about it, I was like, I don't know, man, this is kind of fucked up. It feels like, yeah, why like- can't, why can't people just live in a home and be safe? Yeah. That feels weird that they couldn't. Yeah. You know, like. Because most of the time when you boil all these topics down, it really does come down to like, people deserve to be safe. Mm -hmm. People deserve to have the things, the bare minimum things that they need to survive and be okay in this world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then it's like, okay, well, I have a lot to say then. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And but I this think is to, true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think to your point, like, yes, you may not have educational training, but I do think we can all learn from each other. Absolutely. You know, I do think that there are ways that we can show up in our truth and our authenticity and in our hearts that can make an impact for people mm-hmm. and that can change things. And yeah. I think even in my own reflection of, you know, doing this kind of work, it's like social media is a whole beast on its own. And then I'm like, oh yeah, and I'm a fucking therapist and I do do things that like help people and of like, I'm putting all this pressure on myself (laughs) to do all this stuff on social media where I think, you know, kind of to what we were saying at the beginning of like making things digestible. And like, I don't always think that Instagram is actually the space to have these conversations. Like you said, where it's like nice to actually have it here. Yeah, right. Um, because that space I don't think allows for some of that discomfort that gets brought up to actually be processed. It just gets mm-hmm. fucking like projected out on everywhere. Um, and it's yeah. not productive. Well, even just like I said earlier, like tone, you have no idea how someone is actually saying something to you. Yeah. Like the amount of times in last year that someone has been offended by something that I said. And I was like, we're saying the same thing. Like <laughs> I'm on, like, I'm with you, you know, kind of yeah. thing of just being like, like what I have this whole thing of like, stay soft. Like, it's just, and it's like, for me, it's a, it's my message for me of like, my tendency is to like yeah. harden up and wall up and like, Mm-hmm. It's like a trauma response that I have where I'm like, eh, everything get away from me. You can't touch me. And so I'm like, yeah. for me to do this work, there is a level of like, I have to stay tender to mm-hmm. all of these things. I have to remember that there are people on the other side of these topics. Like, yeah. that's how I stay engaged. And someone was like, well, I'm, no, I'm mad. <laughs> I'm not going to be soft. <laughs> and I'm like, 
God, that's, what are you hearing? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. It's just like, okay. Well, you know. I, I'm glad that you brought up the softness piece because I was going to ask you about that of, you know, what staying soft like means mm-hmm. for you. And I think, you know, <laughs> I can already see the whole dynamic playing out as you just mm-hmm. say it there. <laughs> because I think that is actually what comes up as like our own internal battle a little bit of like, mm-hmm wanting to protect yourself, right? Wanting to like be these women that are like, we're going to fight patriarchy. We're going to fight racism. And like, we're going to like, no, you can't get to me. But Mm -hmm. at the same time being like, well, hold up. Wait, I have feelings. I'm a human. I am not just like this fighting robot who's going to break down all the (laughs) systems. Like perspective. Again, I'm an individual person. I'm also worthy and have a tenderness and love in Mm -hmm. me that I can share and make space for. Um, I don't know if you follow uh, uh, Latina Rebels or uh, Prisca, um, Mm -hmm. but she just came on the podcast and um, has a book. uh, It's all dear to all the brown girls with sharp edges. Um, And we were just talking about this too, where it's like, yeah, these sharp edges are like our trauma responses oh, coming yeah. out. And of like, we have tenderness. And yeah. why the fuck can't we be tender? Yeah, exactly. I mean, honestly, I paid a lot of money to get to a place where I could be <laughs> tender. God, I invested so many hours and years in therapy because my yeah. go-to response before was like, fuck the world, fuck mm-hmm. everybody. I'm just a bad ass and you can't touch me and you can't hurt me but then also my level of care and investment in mm-hmm. things like this was just zero I couldn't because yeah. I was spending all of my energy on being untouchable mm-hmm. and I fought so hard to be yeah. emotional and soft and tender but I mean let, let that not be mistaken for not yeah. being able to throw some bows if I need to. My God, like, don't come after my people. I will fight you forever. Like, <laughs> you know, like, I'm not, I don't get tired fast. <laughs> like, <laughs> you got stamina, you got endurance. <laughs> I was like, okay, let's go. Like, well yeah because it's just it's not you're not trading one for the other like they both have such a good purpose like yes like I get the most of my emotions like begin with being so mad Mm and being angry because injustice pisses me the fuck off yeah like as it should it's horrible Mm -hmm. yeah and then and I use that so much as steam to like move forward and get it going but then it's the softness that keeps me in the feeling it's the softness that keeps Mm -hmm. me in the work, if you will, because mm-hmm. I can't be motivated on like fury alone. Yeah. Because it is a fleeting feeling. Like mm-hmm. you can be angry and then be happy like so, mm-hmm. so quickly. But if I just like get really, really down to like the core feeling of things, it's like, it hurts my insides to yeah. know that people aren't okay and that there's shit we can do about it. Mm-hmm. Like that hurts me because it's wrong. Yeah. So, yeah, softness is not absent of fight. It's not absent of, you know, anger. It's just like adjacent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just it's just with it. It's hand in hand. It you have to have both. Mm-hmm. If I if I'm just crying all the time about everything, <laughs> I'm never going to get anything I am. done. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Same. I'm crying all the time, but I have to like, you know, like sharp edges. Yes. It makes so much sense. Yeah. Well, I think too, you know, it's letting ourselves flow through the emotions. Like Mm -hmm. our emotions have a beginning, a middle and an end. We let ourselves go through it. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. it's more of a bumpy ride than we expect or we want, or we feel we can handle. Um, but I love what you said that it's, you know, that softness is not absent of the fight or of the anger. And I think, again, that's where it's really hard for us sometimes to accept the and. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really hard to get across on social media because God forbid, if I say I really love apples, I'm going to get 10 comments. Well, but what about oranges? Well, did you you know that? So you hate bananas. Good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, did you know that oranges are doing this thing right now? It's like, what, I was talking about the fucking apples. Let me talk about the apples and then we'll get to the oranges. If I decide I want to get to the fucking oranges. 
Yeah. If I so, if I even bought any oranges at the store, okay? Like Yeah, yeah. It's like this pre- the presence of this one thing does not right. mean that we do not care about any of these other things. Right. Um it does not mean that uh there isn't space for anything else as well. Um, and I think that that mm. and piece is just really hard to convey, but I think there's so much power in that softness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I, I so let that get away from me this whole last year. Um, and like you said, it's like at the, at the core of some of that anger is just sadness and feeling hurt. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I think I've just been really, really hurt. And there's, it's been really sad. Yeah. I mean, like, of course. Like, yeah. one, like, you know, when you feel like your communities are being attacked, mm-hmm. then, like, yeah. I think it's just so human to find your defense mechanisms and find mm-hmm. whatever things make you feel safe in that moment. And, you know, yeah, being, like, angry or holding on to resentment or, you know, like, those things, like, it does feel really nice. Like mm-hmm. it's, it feels really good, honestly, to be like upset at everyone. And I think that, mm-hmm. or like, <laughs> it doesn't feel good to be upset at it everyone. It feels good to it, like allow yourself to yeah, feel like, that. In, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because what you're really saying is like, like help me, like, do you care about me? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like be in this with me. Cause I feel alone in this when you're not like, mm-hmm. of course, it feels oh, he really just hit me there. Horrible. Now I feel like I'm going to cry because I'm triggered now. <laughs> literally, I'm like grieving friendship and I'm like, oh, that literally is all of wish I, what I wish I could say and exactly how I felt and what was happening. And it was like, please, don't you see I'm hurting? Can't, don't you, won't yeah. you like hold this space with me or like yeah. be like help, help yeah. please. And just yeah, do I, something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but I think that that's, we're kind of all screaming that at someone, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I feel very helpless so many times with, like, government, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm like, you can literally fix so much right yeah. now. Like, And that's where, you to, know, it's... Why, why did I even bother energy at white influencers when I just could have put that towards government officials? Yeah, <laughs> Which I, I feel I did at some points, but yeah, I think... That, that point that you said too, putting the energy at the wrong people, that responsibility is so, mm-hmm. so true. There is some responsibility there, but like not, not really where we need to be focusing. Yeah. I mean, but I think like it is very fair to want the people that you love and that are in your life to be fighting yes. for you and with you. Like, yeah. I do think that that is like a non-negotiable totally. thing. And it just happens that have. some of those people in my life also happen to have platforms and are white. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But it's like, yeah. but I mean, it, it's this weird thing. Like I've had conversations about this in the last year of like, I do think that people with platforms have a responsibility. Like, I don't think all yeah. the responsibility is yours, but I do think like, yeah. and maybe it's just looking at it differently because I'm not doing Instagram as a job. Like, it's not Mm -hmm. my job. I'm just, like, I have, like, a, you know, small audience and whatever and, like, or, Mm -hmm. you know. But, yeah, yeah, in my mind, I'm, like, I don't know. I mean, you have a voice. You have a platform. People seem to listen to what you have to say. Like, it feels natural to me that you would have at least some of these conversations and, like. But see, the people that we're even thinking about in this they haven't ever had to confront these things in the first place. So that's why it's not things that they talk about because it's just not a part of their lives or their communities. And I mean, at least for white majority of white influencers that I'm thinking and to that, even oftentimes folks are just punished when they do, they lose followers, they lose engagement. And when it's their brand, then it's like, I, oh, I can't go there because then I'm losing people. It's all kinds of fucked up. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, you look like you're having some feelings over there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just like, I don't know. I don't have anyone coming to my job and fucking with it. So for what I'm saying, mm-hmm. so I don't feel like it's very fair of me to like, you know, 
make mm. judgments about how that would feel because that is very scary to have your livelihood feel in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like I can have some compassion for that for sure. I just mm-hmm. think, I don't know, to say nothing. Yeah. Not, that's just not good enough for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I also don't follow a lot of big white influencers or <laughs> big, yeah. like large, yeah. you know, large platforms <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't anymore. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. It's, a, it's just a weird world. It's just a, such a weird world to be doing anything in an online capacity at all because, I agree. Um, you know, yeah, it's just such a, it's just such a tiny sliver of reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, it is. You know, it, it, it does so much good and and then also not at the same time. Yeah. Well, I, I really want you to share a bit of how you have grounded yourself in reality over the last year. And one of the ways that you've been caring and nourishing your heart and your soul with farming. Yes. So I live in Northern California and I call it a farm because there are like so many chickens there's mm-hmm. like a Australian shepherd and then there's like a big um, sheep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always call it a goat, but it's actually a sheep. Um, so it's a, it's a farm to me because I grew up with like a cat or a dog and I like never had chickens running around kind of thing. Um, but primarily I'm learning how to garden, which is mm-hmm. like truly been the most just grounding, peaceful thing. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I I kind of I call them my like um my like opposite parents because I have like a white dad, a brown mom, and then it's, so it's like a Mexican guy, and then like his wife is white, and I'm like, oh my god, this is like the other end. If like if my parents were reversed, um, and so even just like that that relationship honestly has been like mm-hmm. very healing in and of itself. Um, mm-hmm. just feeling very validated by someone and yeah. you know, so many different identity ways, but just the actual work of um, tending to something outside of myself, like literally using my hands, like getting dirty and like seeing something grow, Mm -hmm. like watching it. And even just for the sake of it being like slow moving and like needing a lot of care and like the, just the reward of like watching something good happening in -hmm. front of you. I think that like, gardening itself or like farming in general is just kind of this like act of hope because you're Mm -hmm. just yeah you're putting something out there and you're like I'm I'm trusting that something good is going to come from this yeah and I I hope it'll grow something (laughs) yeah you're just like okay so this this is going to be a tomato one day like yeah I don't know it's just I just it just feels so whole to like be doing this type of work this like slow work this like actual labor even that is like really hard and Mm -hmm. yeah just the the connection to nature in this way is just like so spiritual and like so Mm -hmm. peaceful and it just I honestly feel very connected to like the the heritage you know like it just feels like I'm connecting with like my people in a way to like be in relationship with the earth like this. And even that is just like, it just does so much more for me than I really thought it could. I feel like so Mm -hmm. many big feelings about gardening. Like I didn't, I didn't think I would, but it is truly like one of the best things that I've done for myself in the last year. Mm -hmm. It's a magical thing that we grow food. Like just people don't, think about that we're so disconnected from it going to a grocery store but like totally oh my gosh you watch a tomato change colors and you watch the lettuce get bigger and you know you watch the little leaves start to grow and then like holy shit underneath here's a whole beet and it's so magical and exciting and just like science wild it's wild absolutely wild 
It really is. I'm just like, holy shit, it worked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yes. like it actually works. Like, yeah, it's nuts. Yeah. I well, and I it. think it's, you know, when I saw that you're doing that, I was like, oh, I'm so happy she's out there on a farm. Like it's so yes. exciting. And I think it just, it is so grounding having your mm-hmm. hands in dirt and, you know, just being connected to the ground literally mm-hmm. because so often when we are on social media and when we are engaged with the news, you just sometimes feel like you're just spiraling in space, just mm-hmm. flicking around from corner to corner, like, oh, go over here. Oh no, but there's a thing over here. Oh, but there's something over here. Mm-hmm. And it is exhausting and overwhelming. Yeah. And just that peacefulness, just that, simplicity while there's like a ton of fucking microorganisms at play just this the simplicity of the plant the soil the sun the water mm-hmm. and just being present in all of it i think is an amazing way to like nourish yourself and make sure that you are like can it be sustainable to be able to do justice type of work oh yeah absolutely yeah i'm like I'm outside and I can like feel the sun and I can like hear birds chirping and I can like think a real thought for the first time and how fucking long, you know, like you're just like, wow, oh, this is living, isn't it? Like, you know, you're just like, every time I'm there, I want to just stay on the property for a while mm-hmm. because even just this, the actual space, like what a pandemic has done to, yeah our brains and bodies of like, you know, I also live in an apartment. So Mm -hmm. it's like, I have no yard. And like, even just the literal space of it all is Mm -hmm. so refreshing. I'm like, oh my God, I'm like outside of my house in a way that feels safe. Mm -hmm. And also it's like giving me so much life to be here. And, Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, there are like two beautiful, wonderful people doing amazing things. And like, Mm -hmm. I just think farmers in general are just such important people, like for so many reasons, but even just like their heart, like Mm -hmm. the people that I go help, like they give so much away to like mutual aid and like they are even donating their land to the local tribe whenever Mm -hmm. they're gone. It's like in their will, like they're like, giving their land to the tribe to like take over and like I don't know it's just really it's just really good Mm -hmm. good good work Mm -hmm. I'm so happy that you found them and that you have them me too (laughs) yeah I'm wondering what kind of you know I think that that's like a great suggestion for folks um but you know if you were to kind of give any advice to um, artists who are working online, who are working in justice space, even, mm-hmm. um, or even, I guess, just for folks who feel this like really heaven, really heavy, uh, responsibility to be speaking out online, um, around justice work, any mm-hmm. kind of advice that you would want to give? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would just encourage anyone who, is wanting to be in this for the long haul to remember that like it's a daily it's a daily thing like you're taking it day by day and find as many avenues as possible to like nourish yourself and connect to peace and like center yourself because you won't you won't make it if you don't and like Mm -hmm. we need we need people in this with longevity intact and Mm -hmm. caring for yourself through this, even though that feels so counterproductive, Mm -hmm. like slowing down and like really nourishing yourself is the key. Mm -hmm. It's necessary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm so happy to know you. Honestly, (laughs) honestly, (laughs) um, yes, you've been a great surprise. Yeah. It's, it's been really, really beautiful. Um, knowing you and even just hearing, you know, you speak on all of this, I think it's like really important to 
share our truths like this and mm-hmm. um, to do so unapologetically, I think, you know, is hard sometimes, but like really fucking important. Um, I would love for you to share kind of like where people can find you. Definitely got to follow you on Instagram and that'll be linked in the episode notes, but um, any places where people can support you. I mean, you've got stickers, you've got shirts and like sweaters and everything now, like all the things. Doing all the things. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I'm on Instagram. It's Zane Inc. Z-E-A-I-N-K. Um, I have a website attached as like a little print shop. And I've been partnering with Self Cares for Everyone, their mental health uh, based platform. And I did like a whole line of like shirts, tees, tanks. Et I love that you did that with them. They really are the best. Mm-hmm. It's so fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. thanks. Thanks so much. Of course. Thank you. All right. That does it for today's episode. Thank you so much for making it all the way through and keeping your ears, your hearts, and your minds open. It would mean so much to me if you could take a second or two after listening to this episode to leave a review on iTunes and let me know what you're enjoying about the show. I love reading you know, what your favorite episodes are, where you guys listen, um, and definitely feel free to share this with a friend. I mean, part of how we break down the stigmas around these topics is by talking about them, right? And, and sharing them with more people. So definitely share the podcast. Um, and again, really wanting to include all of you in this podcast. So if you have questions or you want to share a thought or an experience, please send in a voice memo to ask.letstalkaboutit at gmail.com. And I'm really excited to keep having these conversations and uh, breaking down these stigmas. So thank you all so, so, so much. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and I'll talk to you next time. Surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity.